Greetings and welcome. Thank you to each and every listener for tuning in for this brand new episode of On What Brings You In. My name is Bradley Wank, and I am recording today at the CoLab Studios located in Clearwater, Florida. If you have been following this podcast in order of the released episodes, then you have probably already listened to the other episode, or at least one of them that we've recorded um, on military and mental health. And this is a subject that has been one of the most intriguing for me, particularly from a psychological perspective, because it begs the question of what humanity really means to us, and not only as an individual, but collectively on a grander scale of how we treat those who make the ultimate sacrifice on our behalf. When I was designing this episode, there was an incredible amount of outreach from veterans and service men and women who wanted to tell their stories. And this opened up the possibilities for me um, to, to what I could share with others. And it also introduced a lot of diverse layers within the perspectives of those who have served and those who have also supported those who are serving. And this outreach has taken me among all different branches and rankings within the military. And I must say it is incredibly humbling to to witness this among any of the other topics I have covered. The bravery of those who are coming forward and saying, I want to help those who need help is, I just, I have no words for it. Today, I am joined by Dave and Stacy Camposano, who are the owners, the operators, and the developers of a nonprofit organization called 22 Mohawks. 22 Mohawks was founded based on the staggering statistic that on average, 22 veterans die each day from suicide. Dave created this nonprofit to support his fellow veterans, raise awareness for veteran suicide, and then connect members to direct resources and outreach programs designed to combat depression, PTSD, and trauma. This podcast can cover some pretty heavy topics, so when given the opportunity, I really like to hone in and focus on the positive and the uplifting work from individuals like Dave and Stacy, who saw a problem and they did not hesitate to try and fix it, and at the very least, work to combat it. I ask anyone listening to take a moment today with me, with Dave, and with Stacy to honor those who have fallen serving our country for their sacrifice and for the sacrifice of their family, friends, and community. We want to also take a moment and recognize the military personnel who have we have lost to suicide and to other mental health disorders. Dave joins us today from the Boston, Massachusetts area, and he is with us virtually, which is uh, very new to us. So thank you, Dave, for your patience. And also, you know, thank you for everything that you've done, your service, uh, the continued work that you do. We are very, very happy to have you today with us at the studio in one way or form. Uh, Dave is also joined by his wife, Stacy, who works as the CEO of 22 Mohawks. She actually lost her dad to suicide, so 22 Mohawks uh, does hold a special place in her heart. And Dave, I'm really just going to open this up to you, uh, let you start telling our audience a little more about yourself, uh, your time in the service, and then what led you to create 22 Mohawks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I joined the Army in 2001, about four days before September 11th, and um, spent 16 years in service in various light infantry Units, a um, couple notables, the 10th Mountain Division, 2nd Battalion, 14th Infantry. Went to Iraq with those guys. Um, spent two and a half years with the JFK Special Warfare Course in school. 
and then spe- spent some time at the 82nd Airborne Division um, doing, you know, paratrooping stuff. Wow. And then um, while I was in SWIC, uh, Special Warfare Course, I ended up hurting my back um, in the 18 Echo Course and got discharged in 2016 on a medical. Um, so I was medically boarded out of the army in 2016. And um, it was okay. I, you know, I made the decision to kind of fall through with getting out and I, you know, I had a plan in place. I decided to go back to college, use the, uh, the vocational rehab and get a degree in finance. Um, plan was to, I wanted to target a career where I knew I could have an uncapped income, wouldn't have to worry about money, but also the freedom to kind of, you know, work wherever I wanted to. Right. Um, and just kind of do whatever I wanted, really. Now, obviously being in service, you're kind of restricted to a lot of things. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wanted to just be able to do what I wanted to do. And, uh, so I had that target, went back to school, got my finance degree, got a job in finance. I've been in finance for seven years now, working with high net worth clients, a lot of, a lot of guys who are in private equity, venture capital. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of a big deal right now with all the banks getting hammered, but mm-hmm. that's a different story. <laughs> right. um, so I've been doing that for a little while and rewind to April of 2020. I saw on Facebook that a good friend of mine, specialist John Hatfield had died by suicide. Now the story about John is, is him and I were both in SWIC and we both got moved to the 82nd Airborne because we were injured. And we both took up an admin position. Um, John was a specialist. Um, I was a staff sergeant. So I kind of had, you know, they, they pulled me into some really cush jobs, some really good jobs. I had a heart back, so I couldn't really do much. Okay. So while I was working, um, John was doing all the crappy details, cutting lawns, doing dishes, basic military. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're a broke person, kind of things that you have to do. Well, John came to me and said, hey, you know, Sergeant Camp, can you help me out? He's like, my life really sucks. Um, my back hurts. I can't jump out of planes anymore. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of shelter me from this, this BS that I'm dealing with? I said, sure, John. So I took John out of my wing and for the next about 18 months, um, while I fought for retirement, um, John and I worked together um, every day and John would come to me and I, you know, I could tell he was, he was pretty booboo lipped about, about his life, but you know, that's what happens. Right. So mm-hmm. I, in 2016, I got my papers to get discharged and tackled my, my targets, right. Get my degree, get a job. And I, I I forgot about John. And when I found out that John died, John died in 2017, a year after I got out. And I didn't know. And I thought about that. And I realized how crappy of a leader I was. That when you're in service, you know everything about your guys. You know the social security number. You know their blood type. You know their wife's social security number. You know everything about, about your guys when you're in. And when I got out, I selfishly just focused on other things. And now John wasn't the first, uh, the year before we, I lost, um, captain Curtis Ballard, my PL, he died by suicide as well. He, he parked his truck on the train tracks and, um, in the middle of the night and the, the freight train came and his, hit his car and, um, he died. And then Tim Lisk died. Tim Lisk was a mortem in my platoon. I talked to him on the phone all the time about dropping bombs and stuff. He was a good kid. Um, I lo- yeah, so I, I've lost a, f- a few people, but, um, when I lost John, that one really hit me hard because I knew that it was, I feel like I could have done something. So at that point I decided I was going to do something. I, um, I shaved a Mohawk into my head, posted on social media 
And uh, I, I hashtag 22 Mohawks. Obviously, 22 was the high average of veterans that die every every day from suicide. Except, I think we all know that it's it's higher than that. Yeah, that's I think it's closer to 40, right. 44. Um, but uh, so I posted a Mohawk. I said, "Hey, if anyone else cuts a Mohawk into their head for veteran suicide awareness, hashtag 22 Mohawks. I'll donate 100 bucks per Mohawk to a larger charity." And um, you know, I think we got about you know almost 50 Mohawks. Stacy was one of them. So it's kind of, that was kind of how Stacy and I had reconnected. We've known our, each other our whole lives, but that kind of really reconnected us because she was the first female to post a, post a Mohawk in support of it. Wow. But um, I think we ended up donating like 2,500 bucks to Mission 22. Um, Mission 22 is a, you know, a large veteran suicide awareness prevention organization run by um, uh, Magnus Johnson and his wife, Sarah Johnson. Okay. But uh so that happened. And then, you know, I was like, oh man, this was great. Um, donated the money out. And I thought, hey, well, let's uh let's do an event. So mm-hmm. on Labor Day weekend, I brought in 10 veterans to tandem skydive. So I brought them, their families in. Um, I I personally funded it mm-hmm. and um it was a great hit. We all jumped. People who had never jumped before got to parachute out of an airplane, and then we had dinner. Right. And um it was fantastic. Like every it got such a good a good feel about it that I, you know, I decided to create a website because I wanted to make that a yearly thing. But if I was going to pay five grand to have a website built, I wanted to make sure that we had some good services in place. Right. Um, I'm just going to keep talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Bradley, if that's, if that's all right, if you want to stop me at any time, please do. Nope. nope. This is great. This is great. Um, okay, cool. Um, so I was, you know, I was building the website and I'm like thinking, you know, what should I do? And at this point, me and Stacy are talking, um, we're kind of building the business together, like thinking about ideas. And um, I was like, you know, Stacey, I'm I'm going to give dogs to vets. Let's just give dogs to vets, right? I think that's a that's a value add. We know that uh, it takes two years for veterans to get dogs from the VA. Um, and not everyone needs a service dog. So we can, you know, just get a dog, a, a basic rescue dog, give it basic training and, and uh, help a vet. Because I know that my dog helped me, right? I mean, when you get home from work, it doesn't matter how bad your day is. Your dog's licking your face and pooping on the floor and it's amazing, right? Exactly. Yep. Um, so put that on the website. Um, it took about two months to build, launched it in late August. And within two days of launching the website, I got a call from a, a Marine um, in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And uh, I'm like, hi, this is Dave. And he's like, is this 22 Mohawks? I, I said, yeah. He said, hey, this is Mike. I'm a veteran. I heard you guys give dogs to vets. And I was like, yeah, what can I do for you? And he, you know, began to tell me that he was suicidal and he wasn't going to be able to make it through the winter again if he didn't have mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asked if I could get him a dog. And at, at that moment, I was like, okay, this is real. I really didn't have a plan mm-hmm. um, because it was almost like almost like a side thing because I was working full time in finance, right? And was just trying to like do the right thing, right, for our veterans. Like I didn't want anyone to ever feel like it was their fault that somebody died by suicide, you know? Right. And. uh I said, you know what, Mike? Yeah, I can get you a dog. So I immediately got on the phone, called the shelter. Next day, drove down, bought a dog myself. Mm-hmm. And then me and Stacy drove to the Cape, to the kid's house, hour and a half away, dropped the dog off, um, took a photo. The photo, me and her look like a complete geek. And uh, and Mike's there, like holding this dog that we just bought. Mm-hmm. And uh, that literally, that one thing changed everything for us. Wow. Um, it was like a contagious, like, like active, I mean, kindness, right? So this kid's a Marine. I'm, I mean, we busted each other's chops and um, gave the guy a dog. 
And he posted on Facebook that he, he got a dog from us, but he needs training, which connected us to a group of guys in Middleborough who were like, hey, you know, we want to give you guys free training. And that created a partnership. Mm-hmm. That was September of 2021. Okay. Right. And now fast forward to today, we've given 35 dogs um, to veterans. Wow. And that whole thing, just that giving that our first dog to Mike McGee, USMC, former Marine, um, changed, changed our entire lives. And I look at that picture every day and I'm like, wow, mm. uh, if we didn't do it that way, it could have been so different. Right. And, um, now, now, so now Mike is, so Mike has his dog Axel that we got him and he created a motorcycle ride that takes place every May. It's called 22 canine motorcycle ride. Mm-hmm. And last year, the first year we had 300 riders, which I guess is pretty good. I don't know anything about it, but I heard that was pretty good. And uh, he's doing it again. So like now, now he's on our team. He's like the the director of events in Cape Cod and he, he brings us in revenue. He saves lives for veterans. Um, he brings the community together. So now he's a, a community leader, changed his life. Mm-hmm. And now he's helping the bigger cause by putting our name out there, generating yeah. revenue, saving lives, you know? Right. Um, it's that so it, it was just, it was huge, you know? Right. Um, so, so that, that took place. And, you know, there's been a recent study. It was done August of 2022. <laughs> Um, Operation Deep Dive American Warrior Partnership found that organizations that give dogs to veterans, there's a 0% suicide rate. Really? Meaning wow. that every veteran that has received a dog is still alive. Wow. So that is super, super powerful, right? So we're going to sustain this mission. We're going to continue to get dogs. We're going to continue to give them to vets. Um, yep. and, and, you know, it's at no cost to the veteran. The only thing the veteran has to pay for is is the ongoing care for the dog and the food, right? Right. We cover training, we cover the cost of the dog. Yeah. Um, wow. So that, that's incredible. That's kind of how that all took place. Um, and then that just kind of spiraled into, into other things. But I'll, I'll pause for a second just for the, you know, answer questions if you have them. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I know that your wife, Stacey, is here as well. And I wanted to give her a second um, too to kind of, um, you know, just chime in. I mean, and I say that because there's not really specific questions that I feel like I need to ask either one of you. I mean, you're doing such good work. And like the thing I was picking up from hearing this story is the ripple effect of positivity that can happen when, you know, and just from that one idea and, 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 and no, I mean this in the nicest way. It's a very simple idea. It's not like it's a complicated process, but look at all the good that this has done and, you know, and now what it's turned into. So, um, Stacey, I know that you work as a CEO and I mean, thank you for being here as well. And, um, wouldn't want to go ahead and turn it over to you as well. All right. Great. Thank you for having me. So, um, I mean, just everything Dave says is so powerful with how this has unfolded. And we sit here daily in amazement of like, how is this all happening? It literally the um, synchronicities and connections. And I believe truly like when you're doing a good thing um, with no other reason behind it, other than to help people, good things unfold. So we've been super blessed where we've been connected with like larger organizations, like um, this gentleman, John Whitesides from the Boston Bruins Foundation. They called us in to do um, an event with them called the Be Fit Challenge recently. It was just in February. They welcomed us back every year. So it's like a fundraising challenge that goes on for a few months leading up to a main event. Um, We've had other organizations reach out to us and just kind of like starting a, a trend of where we're 
working with people who do similar things that we do just to be able to spread um, more opportunity and resources to veterans and to anybody that needs it really um, in the community. So we've been really blessed. And I think um, one of the main things with us too is we we really have like a family community. Like we give these dogs, we do the week-long static line airborne retreat down in Dunnelin, Florida with X35. And um, that in itself is one of our most amazing events. Um, but these guys that go to our events, get a dog, we really bring them in as part of our family. So we started the 22 Mohawks family. It's just a group we use, but we really, you know, check in with our guys, our people, our, our women, and make sure that everybody's good after they get, because it's great when you're, you know, that moment you're getting a dog, that moment you're getting these things, but we really want to have like aftercare or after processes set up where these people know that they can come to us and um, they're just not alone in any situation, you know? Oh, wow. That's so cool. I mean, I love hearing this and, you know, thank you guys for the work that you're doing for the mental health field too. I mean, it's, you guys are, you're going through, you're blazing through that stigma. And and for you guys, I know we've, it's kind of hard when, you know, we're not right here. We can't have like a meeting face to face with each other, but you know, this is part of a three-part series um, or a three-part episode just for this season, because I had so much from the community that came back to me, people that wanted to share their stories with military and mental health and people who, have looked for resources or people who don't know where to look for resources. And so this is such an important episode, one, to bring the awareness, but two, to directly give those individuals some of the the tools that they might need. So, um, you know, I just kind of want to get into a little bit, you know, can I ask about, um, you know, with both of you, one of you, whoever would like to answer, but what has your general perception been uh, within the community? I mean, how do people respond to this? Have you guys gotten, I mean, have you gotten any sort of, um, I guess, feedback that's really helped you or where do you see this going as well? I know that's kind of a very loaded question, but I want to make sure I touch on all of these. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of funny to think about, like, I, when I like reflect on self, uh, I'm just like a regular dude. Um, just like try to make it like everybody else. And then like, I get called into like these speaking engagements with like these loud crowds to like tell my story. And I'm like, there's so many people out there with like so many better stories, like such more impactful stories. Right. But I'm getting called in, right. Just because of where I position myself mm-hmm. and I- I'll tell that story that I told you. Um, and it, you know, it's, there's some variables in it. it, it the story doesn't change, but the way I tell it may change. Mm-hmm. Um, and after every time I tell that story after everyone comes up and just is like, just wants to tell us a story about some trauma that they've had or, you know, how can they help us out? And right. it's, it's, it's mind blowing because like when that first started happening, I was like, that's kind of cool. That person said something really nice to me, you know, mm-hmm. but it literally happens every single time we speak Wow, and we've never received like. Um, a bad comment other than maybe a hotel choice that we've chosen um, for people. But um, the, so one of the biggest impactful things that has come from this is a type men, hard charging, like Marine army infantry, like dudes coming up to me and shaking my hand, right. Dudes that could probably, you know, kill most people if you made eye contact with them, you know, Right. And they just say, thank you, Dave and Stacy. You guys saved my life. Oh, wow. And it's like, it, it is, it's, it's super powerful and cool. And I'm like, I'm like infantry all the way, kind of like, whatever, man, like, you know, <laughs> no hugs for me. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to cry. I'm not a crier. Like boys don't cry kind of deal. Right. And it's just like, it's super, super cool to just 
like have being part of building this type of community where like stud people are just like, thank you so much. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. You say my life. How can I help? Well, that's um, one of the things that we've you know, talked about in this, in this series, in this episode is just how, how difficult it can be. I mean, you know, we, we train civilian, I mean, you know, people that start off as civilians, we train them to get to a certain level, kind of the, the characteristics that you were saying. And then, you know, a lot of times when their time of service is over, they go back out into the real world. It's that adjustment period. And that's where I think we do see a lot of um, resurfacing, I would say, mental health issues that might come up because we repress, we repress, we push down, we push down. And then suddenly, you know, everything kind of comes up. It could be a very simple trigger. It could be, I mean, going into a grocery store and just something might set something off. And so what you guys are doing is really important because you're you're giving a, something that can sustain mental health progression. So um, that, but, but just to touch on that, you know, I mean, what how 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 do you think we could approach this? I mean, obviously, with what you guys are doing, it, it's fantastic. But I mean, do you think there's a different way that we could approach that in general? Just how how that could be different, I suppose. Like how is there, could you ask that another way, Bradley? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I keep loading these questions up on you guys because I <laughs> want to make sure. We no, get... it's all right. I, I know this is going to be a good one. I just I just don't no, fully no, grasp no, what you're phrase that in the sense that I just feel like sometimes we train to maybe not give into our emotions as much. I mean, you had kind of mentioned being an infantry man, you know, no hugs, boys don't cry, that kind of thing. Um, and that's, you know, we kind of need that, you know, for what we expect our military to do, the missions that we send them on, you know, you can't be in tune with those emotions. You can't be connected like that. Um, but what I'm saying is, you know, when that service time is over and then we go back into real life, that disconnect is almost still there. And it's important, I think, to find ways to tap into that. So that's what I was bringing up was with what you guys are doing. That's what's important about it. But do you agree with that? Or do you feel like that is something that we don't give enough time to or enough research to, to kind of help people reacclimate after their time in the service? Yeah. So you mentioned the word training, right? Um, I'll kind of, you know, take a stab at that one, but in service, all we do is train, right? We train reflexive fire. We train to shoot a target that looks like a human. Mm -hmm. um, we Then we ruck run with heavy weight on our back. And if you're in pain, we don't talk about it, mm -hmm. right? It's like, I don't care if you have blisters, right. get your weapon at the ready and shoot that target. Mm -hmm. Like we don't have time for pain. We don't have time for suffering. suffering. Um, and then you go to combat, people die. We don't have time to mourn that person, mourn that person later because we have stuff we have to do. Mm-hmm. Kill, kill the enemy. Right. Right. And so it like, it sucks out the, the empathy from you, right. You have no empathy. And then you come to, you know, this life, the civilian life, and you still don't have any empathy for anyone. Right. Mm -hmm. You can like smell out weakness from anyone, um, even yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that the disconnect is we train so hard to remove empathy and create killers that we don't give enough time training people to bring that empathy back. So like, we do all these classes on the way out, like resume building, but it's like, we need to focus on training, actual, like emotional intelligence and mental fitness coming back into society um, and call it training. Like, Hey, this is mental fitness training. Mm -hmm. We're tr trying to reintegrate your brain and your, um, you know, the things that you do on a daily basis to, so you can be, you know, valuable in society, right? You're not like in your basement drinking whiskey. Right. You know, well, it's an aftercare. Point. I do think that I, I think that words matter. 
in that light, like, Hey, mental fitness training, we need to train. Um, so I think that that's kind of like a short version of, of an answer to that one. No. And I appreciate that. Like, again, I know that I'm putting a lot on you right here because we're trying to make, this is kind of new. We've never had like a timed actual session. So I'm just trying to make sure we're getting to it, but you know, I'm just, I'm just so, I'm just so glad to hear that because awareness is the number one thing that we need to have to make difference, right? You know, if we, if we're not aware of what the issue is, then we cannot make progress. So to know that, I mean, it, what, beyond what you guys are doing, I mean, what would you think would be other ways that you could implement that? I mean, because I don't know, I mean, I, I don't know anything about the process of, you know, going out of um, the military. So, I mean, are there anything, are there any mental resources that are in place or is there any way that you could think that maybe we could make this better? It's, it's hard. Like that's a, that's a hard one, right? It's a, it's a hard one to unpack. Um, you'd have to like really put something together, like a structured, training process but like we like the way that we framework what we're doing is is we try to implement that so like at our parachuting events um in Danelle, and it's a week-long parachute event we bring 20 veterans down and they static line parachute just like the army does right. and then we call in mental health specialists to come in after their jumps and they do group sessions and then they do one-on-one -on -one sessions right so when the veterans amped up wired after they jump just you know tackled one of the most scariest obstacles of their lives and they feel on top of the world right now they they feel okay talking about stuff you know because they're like well i'm awesome because i just jumped out of that plane like mm. it's okay that you know i was crying in my sleep a couple weeks ago like let, let me talk about this you know um but one of the things that that we did is um i i got up in front of the group on the third day and and told my entire story about mm. empathy um and how, you know, I have tough times too. And then I opened the floor. I kept it brief. I kept it under 15 minutes. And then I opened the floor and there was about three people that spoke. Um, and they told a story about how they either had thought about suicide or they thought it was their fault that someone committed suicide and, or died by suicide. Um, want to use the right language there, right. but, um, um, it wasn't until after when I spoke to one of the brothers of one of the gentlemen who actually spoke. And he said, Dave, he goes, my brother's never told that story to anyone other than me. Oh, and he's wow. like, I was shocked that he spoke about that story to that entire group. And it was a testament to the, the take Dave out of it. Whoever the leader is of this particular event gets up and speaks. Um, and tells a story about trauma and sadness and how they struggle and difficulties and that leader sharing it with everyone, it gives them the permission to say what they have to say too. Right. So I think that we're lacking in the world right now is, is um, leaders who are just like, don't be a bitch, mm -hmm. you know, stop acting weak. And it's like, okay, sure. But also bring people in for the hug and be like, it's okay, man, if you're hurting, like we can talk about it. I don't think you're weak when you're talking about things. And if we can retrain our people to understand that it's okay to say when they're having a hard time, then that's, that's retraining. We've just retrained you right, right. now. You're going to adapt to a new normal. Exactly. And there is, and we've, 
we talk about this a lot in this podcast, but it's about, you know, I mean, there's a lot of conditioning that goes into that, but it's the reverse of that conditioning to, you know, condition in a new way, um, condition in a way for progress, condition in a way to go forward. So um, I love everything that you're saying. And I'm like, I want to pair up with you and like come up with a plan. <laughs> I'm like, let me work with, uh, you know, some, let's put some colleagues together and figure a plan out here because I think that's a, it's a really good way of approaching it. And I like your verbiage on it too, because it does say, Hey, you know what? There is nothing wrong with not being okay. And the only way to not, or let's say the only way to get beyond that point is to work through it and let's work through it together. And that's even more together. So I, I really appreciate that. So Dave and Stacey, I want to open this up to either one of you, you know, what, or both of you actually, I mean, what would you say to a vet right now who might be listening to this, who is struggling? I would say, um, yeah, I would say, um, if you, you got to get out there, you got to get out of your house. You got to find something that is going to, that you can dedicate yourself to that will give you purpose, right? You got to find purpose. Nothing will ever, I mean, nothing's ever going to compare to military service, right? It's like you're in a foreign country, you're carrying a, um, a rifle, you're leading I mean, the greatest opportunity the army ever gave me was leading great men. And you'll never have those same men behind you in a wedge formation, walking in the shit, um, feeling like the biggest badass on the planet, right? It's just a tough one. But you have to take that warrior mentality that you've had and create something that's going to help bring other people up. You know, it's like we have all our friends. uh, We have the people in our lives that care that you care about. And then, you know, we watch them die by suicide. It, I mean, we, we can prevent it if we all do it together, you know? Um, so I think the number one thing is, is find something that you love doing and, and just, just go do it, right? Take action. It's like the whole, like, like you said, uh, Bradley, it's such a simple concept. Walk out the door, go to the shelter, buy a dog, right? Drive it to the dude's house. And right. you just saved a life. We're not doing CPR here right? We're preventive maintenance. Right. We're bringing a right. dog to someone. Um, and there's nothing that nothing can compare to the feeling of when someone tells you that you've, mm. they've, you've saved their life. You know what I mean? So um, right. just having an idea, getting off your ass and going to do it. Right. Um, so that's a, basically what I'd say to that. Stacey, would you say something? I mean, it's always hard to go after Dave just gives his feel, but um, you know, in those situations, it's like, you know, more often than not, that person doesn't want to die per se. They just need to change something. There's something needs to be different in their life, right? Um, the circumstances at hand in those moments right. are just not um, where they want to be, but they don't see a way out of it. They don't see a different angle, right? Um, so just reaching out to somebody is number one um, and telling somebody, and if it's a friend or, you know, you need more than that, go to you know, a mental health specialist or somebody like that, that can um, give you more options. Like we had one guy and he's really down on himself. Like he can't play with his kids. Um, like he wants to do these things so bad and he just like, can't do them. Um, and it's like giving other options. So it's like, all right, do something separate and then come together and like, talk about what you did right now. They're not doing the act together, but there's a way now that they've been able to connect um, outside of that and kind of making mm-hmm. slower steps to making changes in your life. Cause some people, you know, may not be able to be charging and want to be like bringing dogs. If you are doing these elaborate things, they just need these small changes um, that can make bigger impacts in their life. So just really reaching out to somebody and letting them know where you're, where you're at is number one. Right. 
right? Yeah, those little day-to-day um, hitting those small goals, right? And I like what you said too about finding a different way to connect with people um, because you might not know why you're unable to connect or you might not understand exactly what you're feeling. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a great, uh, that's a great strategy too, to go forward with. So thank you for that, both of you. And I also want to touch on, you know, where do you two see um, the 22 Mohawks? Where do you see that going in the future? Yeah, I think um, my business mind, I think I kind of have two views on it. Um, Most for-profit companies look at success with revenue, Um, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, how much revenue you bring in. And we kind of focus on how, you know, what does success look like for us, right? And based on that study with the dogs, it's like we know that if we give a dog to a veteran, we've saved a life. And then if that person spreads the word, then they're going to save lives. Um, So I think, you know, every year we grow, we have like a monthly goal of how many dogs we want to give. And I think, you know, Mm. ultimately we want to do five dogs a month. So basically 60 dogs a year, which I think that it's, um, I think that that's definitely doable, but then we want to grow. We want to grow our, our parachuting retreat, um, to, to go to have it every quarter, right? Because it's such an impactful event and everyone who's attended. Right, it sounds very. Oh, go ahead, Bradley. What'd you say? It just, it sounds like it's very effective. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do. We think it's we, just the feedback that we've got um, is, is it's pretty amazing. Um, so we want to, we want to make that a quarterly event. Right. And We've already given dogs across the U.S. So we've given some dogs in in Wisconsin, Virginia, um, Georgia. So we've kind of spread that out. But we want to would love to be able to have an arm in every state where we can have give dogs in every state. Because if we can give a couple dogs in every state every year, that will really, you know, move the needle for us. Um, not everyone needs mm-hmm. a service dog, right? Um, if you so, we want to do that, um, and then in one of my crazy goals is, is on labor. So every Labor Day weekend, we do a tandem parachute jump. It's our first event we've ever done, and we're going to do it forever. Uh, we do it just here in Massachusetts. Yeah. But one of my overarching goals is to have every state jump 10 veterans tandem on Labor Day weekend to start Suicide Awareness Month um, for veteran suicide. So right. if we could get every state to have 10 jumpers on that day, and everyone's posting about veteran suicide awareness, Um I think that that would be a pretty cool, uh, you know, event to 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 bring awareness to it. it um, Absolutely, but yeah, those are some high level goals, really. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, every if you know, I always say if your dreams or your goals don't, you know, if they don't scare you a little bit because they seem like they're that far out of the way, then they're not worth it. So that's uh, that's amazing. I'm really happy to hear that. I would love to see that happen as well. Um, and so, you know, with you, with you guys too, I, I want to give you a second here. We're kind of getting close to that time. Um, give you both a second to kind of give some closing remarks or thoughts or anything you'd like to say. Yeah. Since the, glo- the start of the global war on terror on September 11th, 2001, there's been roughly 7,100 conduct related deaths. And in that same time period, there's been over 120,000 suicides. So I'm going to say the dog statistic again, because I think it's extremely valuable. The study done by Operation Deep Dive, organizations that give dogs to vets, there's a 0% suicide rate. So if you're a vet and you have some extra cash, buy somebody a dog and save a life, right? Wherever you are, whoever hears this. Um, 
because dogs save lives. The, um, I think that those are my biggest closing remarks, the, except for we think that every veteran organization, nonprofit organizations just need to come together, right? All of us. There's so much money out there. I'm not taking money from you, right? Let's work together, like mirror the exact thing that we're doing and save people's fucking lives. I hope that's okay that I swore. Because like, I don't care if you make t-shirts, if you brew coffee, or if you parachute out of airplanes. If you're saving a life, save a life. There's so much money going around. Just let's work together. Right. I think that that's kind of, I've seen right. so many vets just not want to do that. They think that we're taking money from other people and it's just not happening. Like there's so much money out there, you know, Stacey, do you have anything you want to say? Right. Uh, Use it in good ways. Um, yeah. So piggybacking on everything that Dave says, um, one of our biggest thing is community and bringing people together regardless. Um, so, you know, we work closely with other organizations that basically do very similar things to us. Um, uh, Clear Path up in Devon's Mass, they're an organization that gives service dogs to veterans. And um, we've connected with them and they actually um, give us their dogs that don't pass their service dog training and allow us to, you know, give them out to veterans, which is an amazing thing. Um, so it's like just kind of teaming up, like Dave said, together, more resources out there. You know, what we do may not be the perfect fit for somebody, right? Um, but something that other organization does, we have a gr great organization down the Cape um, called Fishing for the Mission 22, um, which uh, uh, one of our friends does. And um, we partner up with him and he does fishing. We don't do that. Right. So it's like getting all these people together, regardless of what your niche or whatever it is, is um, and spreading more awareness and giving these resources out to people so th that, you know, they have somewhere to go. If what we do isn't for them, then they know they can reach out to somebody else. So. I think like Dave said, just bringing together organizations like that. And then um, you were talking about the goals being scary. All of Dave's goals scare the shit out of me. And you know, like, so he, he's always got big, big goals. But we were recently opening up our um, main headquarters here in Medway, Mass, which is really cool. Um, so it's the 22 Mohawks headquarters skiff location. And um, it's at 67 Village Street in Medway, Mass. And we're going to be opening up there this weekend, which is really, really amazing. And that was one of Dave's crazy ideas where he's like, we're to grow, we got to get a building. Um, and I'm like, oh boy. So we're going to be able to house, mm -hmm. um, you know, up to five dogs there. So the veterans can come in they can, they can see the dogs that we have on hand. Maybe one of those will be a good fit. If not, you know, we have different rescues we work with, but they can come in there and spend time there. Um, we're also going to have a dedicated area for like first responders, police to be able to come in and stop by if they're in the area, just have somewhere they can come sit, um, release some stress, maybe whatever it may be. And, um, we offer a lot of different things like the suicide prevention classes. We do finance classes. Um, we have a gun safety course. We do, um, a whole gamut of things. So if anybody, you know, needs any of the resources we have, you can go to our um, website, which is 22 mohawks.com and Dave and I's information on is on there. You can reach out to us anytime. Um, and if you need anything, I guess we're here. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you guys. Um, you know, to, to both of you, I'm so proud to be part of this work, even if it's just by promoting it on here, you know, we're always looking for ways to help as many people as we can. And, you know, with this, this is a great platform. The numbers are growing and, you know, I'm really hoping that someone out there who can relate to your story or who is having their own struggles, you know, that they can, they can get interested in learning more about how to get involved and how to get those resources. So, uh, very, very much for everything that you do. Thank you. To I both appreciate you. that. And, uh, you know, Hey, thank you so much for having us on. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. And is, is there anything that we can do for you guys? 
Oh, I mean, what you guys are doing is, you know, I, I have so many, I want to connect with you, obviously, after this podcast is over. I have so many ideas with the things that you've said, um, some of the the things that can be implemented from a mental health standpoint. There is there's so much that can be done. And luckily, and I've talked about this before on here, the stigma is, uh, you know, it's being fought. And, I, you know, I for many, you know, there's always a ripple effect to everything. And one of those things with COVID was that it did make people at least aware of their yeah. mental health for for the general public. So we are just seeing as the numbers are getting, or as the data is coming in, we are seeing a shift in the mental health stigma kind of going down. Um, and that's also kind of generational as more people are embracing it, more people are embracing it in other you know aspects of life and in other demographics. So I do think that with what you guys are doing, you pair that the right way with some of those new mental health resources. I think that, you know, there could be a lot of good that can be done. So again, it all comes down to, to, this is being part of it. So thank you guys again. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. I want to remind you guys that Dave and Stacy's nonprofit is called 22 Mohawks and you can visit their website. It's the number 2222mohawks.com for more information. This podcast is local to the Tampa Bay area, and for any listeners who are local, the Florida Veterans Support Line can be reached on your phone by calling or texting 211. This is a 24-hour hotline. You can also send a text to Florida Veterans, which is 898-211. Any veteran or any other listener who is experiencing a mental health crisis can also call or text 988 from your phone, or you can go to 988lifeline.org for additional support. Please stay strong, and remember, there are those out there who want to help you. If you have enjoyed this episode and would like to add to the conversation, or if you would like to be featured on a future episode, please visit my website, www.onwhatbringsyouinepisodes.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of this discussion um, on this very important topic. My name is Bradley Wank, and this has been an episode of On What Brings You In. Be well, be blessed, and have a wonderful rest of your day. And I ask if you have the time to please like, subscribe, and rate my show. This helps me with the data going forward, where we can take the show, what you guys like, and uh, what we're going to do in the future. So if you have that time, I would greatly appreciate it.